The American Truck Driver Podcast, Episode 37. Welcome back to another episode of the American Truck Driver Podcast. I am your host, Chris Polk. And I want to talk about this strike and this Black Smoke Matters bunch. Um, You know, I generally don't take people like this very seriously. But these people ended up with an article in uh, Business Insider. Um... And so I want to go through. I'm going to go through this article uh, first, and once I get through this article, then I'll kind of add some more detail as to why this is something that um, I will not support. I don't support. I'm not going to support. Um, but let's just take the article in BusinessInsider.com. It'll be linked in the show notes, and we'll just uh, we'll just start here. Um, a f- the article begins a Facebook group of more than 15,000 truck drivers is planning a trucker shutdown they're motivated by an unpopular law safety concerns and a litany of other frustrations Uh, now the unpopular law they're talking about I believe is the ELD mandate they have a link there in that first sentence most Americans generally agree that blue-collar workers including the country's 1.8 million long-haul truck drivers, deserve job security and safe working conditions. But the name of this labor rights trucker group, Black Smoke Matters, would likely alienate some. Okay, so let's talk about the first two. A Facebook group of more than 15,000 truck drivers is planning a trucker shutdown. Uh, I've been in this business since 1997. That's almost, this year will be 22 years. And there has been cries for and attempts at a shutdown almost every one of those 22 years. Uh, this is nothing new. Um, it's, it's kind of the same hissy fit. Well, we'll show them. We'll shut this place down. And, you know, and I'm, I'm sad to say and I'm embarrassed to say that there was a time in my career early on when I did not understand economics, I did not understand the market economy, I didn't understand, you know, how you how you get good things, which is serving people, um, that I said a lot of this stuff, um, and I said it out of ignorance. Uh, second paragraph, most Americans generally agree, okay, most Americans generally don't agree on anything. Um... But that blue-collar workers, including the country's 1.8 million long-haul truck drivers, deserve job security and safe working positions. I have an issue with the word deserve. You deserve what you earn. 
Um, and that's part of the issue that I have with with movements like this is instead of going out into the market economy, making yourself more valuable, learning something extra, reading something, listening to something, doing something that makes you more valuable in the marketplace, um, you start threatening people. Well, I'll shut down. I'll quit. I'll do this. I'll do that. If you don't give me what I want, I'll threaten you uh, either with violence or... Uh, you know, an, an act of, of, of violence, which is, you know, threatening to shut down the highway. Uh, that's an act of violence. Okay, moving on. Mike Robbins, a longtime truck driver whose grandfather and father were also truckers, is president of Black Smoke Matters. He told Business Insider that the name represents old school trucking. So they go in and they talk about how big trucks used to create black smoke uh, back in the 70s and 80s. Now, Here's a piece of cognitive dissonance from this article. In the 1970s and 1980s, when trucking was at its peak, in terms of respect and pay, semi-trucks often spewed black smoke. Government regulations aimed at protecting the environment then limited the, the sort of emissions that vehicles produced, cutting down on the ubiquity of black smoke. Okay, now they have linked here an article about the 1970s, 80s, when trucking was at its peak. That's their quote. Um, and it links to an article, uh, truck driver salaries have fallen by as much as 50% since the 1970s, and experts say a little-known law explains why. Little-known. The Motor Carrier Act of 1980. Little-known. Okay. So... We're going to live in this fantasy land where we're going to say that trucking was at its peak in the 1970s and 1980s under regulation before the Motor Carrier Act. Well, I urge you to go find the book. Uh, it's called The Box. How the shipping container made the economy bigger and the world smaller. Something like that. I'll link to it in the show notes. It's a fantastic book. This fantasy land that these people live, are living in, that somehow trucking was at its peak in the 1970s and 1980s. Nothing was at its peak in the 1970s and 1980s. So, the Motor Carrier Act of 1980 deregulated the trucking industry. Okay, it's really, it's not easy to simplify, but as simple as you can get it is that the government regulated who could haul what they could haul for, where they could go, the lanes, um, the, you know, the, the route. Maybe it was a route from Chicago to um, uh, Omaha. Okay, well, somebody owned that route, and nobody else could haul on that route except for that carrier that had that authority to haul on that route, and then the government set the rates. Um, but it created a backlog. So when the when the shipping container shows up in the late 50s, Malcolm McLean kind of takes a chance on this idea of shipping things from one place to another in a container instead of having it all loaded by hand onto ships. He thought, well, hey, we could cut down on theft, we could cut down on uh, damage if we have a box and you load that box and lock that box and put that box on a ship instead of paying longshoremen 
to load it by hand. Well, the same principle applies here that you could say, oh, well, being an longshoreman was at its peak in the 1960s and 1970s because there was all of this work for everybody to do. Yeah, it was horribly inefficient. It was incredibly expensive to move freight back then because of the number of hands that had to touch a piece of freight in order to get it either down the road or on a ship and across uh, the sea. So, Jimmy Carter um, signed the legislation that deregulated the trucking industry and gave us what we have today, which is a free market. Anybody can get a truck, can get an authority, and go up and down the road and make a fantastic living. Anybody. You don't have to have special government permission you can set any rates you want to. You can set your rate at a dollar a mile or ten dollars a mile. Whatever is uh, whatever the customer agrees to, that's what you can haul it for. But people use this, th- th- guys. This was this this was almost communism. It was it was absolute tyranny and domination of the market by the state. Back in the in the in the seventies, okay. But see where they get this at its peak and driver wages and blah 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 blah. There were a lot of union jobs, okay. There was a lot of protectionism. There was a lot of government saying that you know these people can do this and these people can do that, but you couldn't compete. There was no freedom, and so it created kind of a false sense of security in what the wages were. Okay, now I make about about a hundred thousand dollars a year right now as a company driver pulling a dry van trailer. I'm, I'm not specialized. I'm not hauling explosives. I'm not hauling uh, much hazmat. I haul a little bit of tiny bit of hazmat here and there, but I'm making a hundred grand a year. I'm home on the weekend. I made a choice. The government didn't set my rate for me. I set my rate. That's 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 called freedom. That's called liberty. That's living in a free market and going out and competing and learning how to serve people. Because the more you do to make somebody else's life better, the more better your life will be. So first thing we have to take apart is this stupid idea that everything was just awesome. It's so great back in the 70s and 80s. Okay, it wasn't. I did again, I didn't come into the late 90s, but I got the last little bit, a little glimpse of you know, it was still pretty modern, but it wasn't near what it is now. But here's the here's the big thing that everybody has to hold on to. The trucking and shipping economy of the 1970s would not allow for the economy we have today. You absolutely, 100%, could not click a button on your phone and have the package delivered two days later by Amazon. Not possible. One, because the shipping would be too expensive. And two, because there would be so much stagnation and... uh, regulation 
that it would that there would be limited capacity because think about it we've been hearing about this fake driver shortage for decades and all the driver shortage is is a shortage of cheap drivers inexperienced drivers so the ATA keeps propagating this this lie that there's a driver shortage so that the government will do favors for large carriers so that they can compete with the small carriers it's all propaganda it's complete BS it, it doesn't exist but if you allowed these morons to be in control of the entire trucking market they would make sure that capacity was tight because it's ultimate selfishness so when you're only thinking about yourself then the government's going to make sure, you know, because government only thinks about itself, and people that only think about themselves go to the government because they don't know how to operate in a free market. So they go to the run to their daddy government and say, oh, daddy, daddy, you have to save me, daddy, please. And so the modern economy that we have right now and the, uh, the rise in the standard of living and the fall of poverty across the globe would not be possible had the trucking and shipping regulation uh, industries not been deregulated in 1980. Um, okay, so going forward, um, uh, there, uh, the next paragraph is about the ELD mandate. Uh, has cut down wages and freedoms for many long-haul truckers. Um Freedom, yes. Uh, if your wages were cut by ELDs, you have a bigger problem than the ELD. This freedom you're talking about, though, is, is an interesting point because for decades, uh, from the inception of the hours of service until December of 2017, the trucking industry did what was right rather than what was legal. We got the job done. So we cheated and we lied. And... We, 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 we worked more hours than we were allowed to. We stretched all the limits because there was no way really for the cops to catch you. And so we spoiled the customers. We, we, sure, we said, well, sure, we can go 1,000 miles in you know, 24 hours with a, with a solo driver. Sure, customer. Here's your rate. Uh, yeah, we'll do 800 miles overnight. Not a problem. The hours of service did not change. Nothing changed. The same stupid, archaic, pointless, worthless, unnecessary hours of service are in place after the mandate than they were before the mandate. The problem is everybody went and kind of ignored the state as if it didn't exist. We went and did what we needed to do, which is fine. That's what you do in a free market. You go find somebody to serve, and you serve them well. You do what needs to be done, and you get the job done. And then that mandate comes in, and all of a sudden the customers are saying, well, wait a minute. Well, you can't do what you did last week. Yep, sorry. Government put an ELD mandate on. And rates shot through the roof. I saw rates this past year since since this mandate came in, I, I'm and I'm still seeing just crazy, crazy, crazy rates. Well, if your wages didn't go up when the rates went up, guess what? You're not being paid the right way. Why are you getting paid on a mileage contract? 
that's I mean getting paid on a mileage contract is the absolute dumbest way to be paid for driving a truck. I haven't been paid on mileage, you know, in what seven eight years. Um, it's been all about revenue, and when I made that change in 2010, uh, in 2011, and I leased trucks, and then I became an owner operator, and then. I had my issues and I came back to being a company driver. Well, what being an owner operator taught me was that the revenue is the revenue. And I know how much, I know what the minimum a truck should make because of my experience in the market. I could, if someone could have explained that to me back in 2010, I could have gone and found a job making what I'm making now back then. I, I had the same experience. What I did not have is the knowledge and the understanding. That's what was missing. I didn't understand the market. I didn't understand the business. I had to go learn that stuff. And now that I understand that, I can go find a situation where the truck's making really great money. And I can help be a part of that. And I can help increase that revenue. And thereby, I increase my own value and my own income. So your wages is your fault, not anybody else's. If you want to make better wages, go find a better deal. Uh, next paragraph, but most folks outside of trucking would likely recognize the name as an alteration of Black Lives Matter, a global activist movement that began in the United States as a response to police killings of unarmed black Americans. Since Black Lives Matter launched in 2013, movements like All Lives Matter or Blue Lives Matter were launched as critiques of Black Lives Matter. This is probably for me personally the biggest issue that I have with these people calling themselves Black Smoke Matters. Um, because your whining hissy fit about you don't like how you're being paid and you don't like the regulations that are being put on you, which is fine. I don't like regulations either. But the fact that you would spit in the face of people who are being killed it's it's just wow wow see because people are actually getting killed there and there actually are unarmed black people being killed that that actually happened see you not making as much money as you want to make is your fault uh you know uh, uh tamir rice in cleveland standing in a park with a uh you know, a little toy gun, and when cops roll up on him and summarily execute him within a matter of seconds, that doesn't even compare to you not liking how you're being paid or your electronic log mandate. So it's 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 just it's just bad. It's it's so disrespectful. It's um it's just bad, and. It's just unfortunate. Uh, he, the next quote, part of the reason black smoke matters exists for me is old school trucking. Trucking today is just a shadow of that thanks to government regulation. We feel the government is destroying this industry. Okay. Cognitive dissonance. Old school trucking, so we want to go back to the way things were which means we want to go back to regulation. We want to go back to government having complete and total control of the entire industry. 
We want have we want government to have control of who sets the rates and who can haul what and where they can haul it and when they can haul it. But we feel the government is destroying this industry. We got to get rid of this regulation. Which is it? Which one do you want? Do you want freedom? Or do you want totalitarian control? Because what you're asking for is totalitarian control. You're not asking for freedom. You're spitting in the face of freedom. You don't care about freedom and liberty and the pursuit of happiness and a person's right to property and commerce and freedom of movement. You don't care about any of that. What you want, Black Smoke Matters, is you want a totalitarian state to provide your needs for you. That's what you're after. Because your utopia appears to be old school trucking. Look, guys, I, I got a little taste of the good old days, and I don't want any part of it. Because in the good old days, no Amazon, no eBay, no cell phone, no GPS, no satellite communications, no satellite radio, no iPhone, no iPad. None of these things, these these advancements would be even available if we still had regulation from the 1970s on this industry. Because it doesn't it wouldn't have mattered what Steve Jobs and Steve Wozniak were doing in their uh, in their in, in Steve Jobs' dad's garage in the 1970s. Apple computer would have never been able to become what it is today had we not been able to freely ship products uh, and, and make it affordable so we could get products down the road and not have these exorbitant expenses, uh, these exorbitant rates just to cover somebody's wages. Moving on. Uh, Black Smoke Matters Facebook page only recently garnered more than 10,000 members. For eight months or so, the Facebook, since the Facebook page launched, Robin said it was surrounding, it was a private sounding board for truckers who needed to vent. People get on here and don't feel the need to speak politically correct. We're all cool with it. Another hashtag the group is promoting is hashtag MTGA, Make Trucking Great Again, in the vein of President Donald Trump's 2016 Make America Great Again campaign messaging. Hey, here's an idea. How about we make America defiant again? How about we make America revolutionary again? How about we make America free again? How about that? Wouldn't that be a novel concept? What if what if individuals um, took full responsibility for their own lives and their own incomes and their own careers and they said, you know what, I am going to go out tomorrow and I'm going to learn something new. I'm going to learn something that makes me better and then I'm going to find somebody that needs to be served and I'm going to go serve those people and I'm going to make their life better. And as a result of that, my life's going to be better. But see, that's not what Black Smoke Matters is doing. They want to make America great again. They want to make trucking great again. Again. See, we, we look back. And this, and this is a human psychology issue. We always want to look back with some fondness and and 
And, of course, part of it has to do with, I think, maybe how the, the news media is so negative all the time and telling us how bad things are. Oh, it's terrible. Oh, it's bad. Look how bad it is. Oh, it's awful. Everything's bad and terrible, and 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 everybody's everybody wants to kill you. The, all the migrants are coming, and the terrorists are coming, and oh, everything's bad and terrible. So we look back and say, oh well, what about the good old days? We we could let's go back to the good old days before everything was so scary. The good old days weren't all that good, y'all. We live in the safest and most prosperous time in all of human history. There's never been a time on this planet that humans have had as much opportunity, have had as much safety and security as we do now. And it's because of a market economy. It's not because of the state. The government did not do this. Most of the problems we have today are because of the government, not, you know, not the solution. So, they're going to have a, uh, a a strike on April 12th, so they say. Um, and, you know, th- there will be some hissy fits. Uh, I certainly, absolutely will not... Uh, you know, put my customer's business in jeopardy. Um, you know, my customer is the most important thing to me because they pay me so incredibly well and they're so good to me and they treat me with such respect. There's no way I would ever in a million years say to my customer, you know what, screw y'all, I've got to go over here and shut this highway down because I'm not getting paid enough. There's no way. My customer is way too important for that. And I'm obviously not going to get in somebody else's way. I'm not going to violate their freedom of movement. Uh, I'm not going to, I'm not into violating other people's rights just because I don't like the deal I've got. Maybe I just need to go get a better deal. Maybe that's the problem. Y'all, it's a fascinating time to be alive. There are so many cool things going on. And it's only getting better. Blockchain is coming, y'all. It's right around the corner. And everything is going to change. And those of us who pay attention and look around us and see the opportunities in the marketplace, um, we're going to make so much money. And those of us that are sitting at the truck stop countertop or sitting in the in the parking lot whining on the CB radio about how bad everything is and, and companies just don't pay enough. Well, maybe the problem is the company you work for don't pay enough and you need to go find a better deal. Because you have all the power. The, the, the Donald Trump is not going to fix your life. Bernie Sanders is not going to fix your life. Alexandra Ocasio-Cortez, whatever her, the, her name is, she's not going to fix your life. 
John McCain didn't fix your life. George Bush didn't fix your life. Barack Obama didn't fix your life. You're going to fix your life by doing things for other people and not being a selfish prick. Of uh, I, Look, I've got a four-year-old that knows better than, than to behave like some of these adults. Of course, he knows that behaving like that's not going to get him what he wants because I won't give in to a toddler throwing a temper tantrum. My nine-year-old and my 12-year-old, they also know this. They learned this a long time ago, that if I throw a temper tantrum and act like an idiot, Dad's not going to give me what I want. So that's it. Um, I'll put links to all this garbage uh, in the... uh, in the show notes and uh, y'all can let me know um, what you think I'm sure somebody will be mad and uh, they'll get over it because final word there's you know what what they say they they cited 1.8 million long haul truck drivers guys 1.79 million of us are going to keep on working on April 12th that's just a fact because it's not that bad. Sure, we've got some issues that we can address, but hours of service are a nuisance. They're just they're just an unfortunate nuisance we have to deal with. That the state's never going to change. They're never going to make them better, and and hopefully someday the state will collapse and we won't have to deal with them anymore. But maybe we should start figuring out a way to make our living and not have to work 70-some hours to do it. Make yourself more valuable. Don't worry about the 70-hour clock. 11 hours a day is enough. 14 hours a day is enough, guys. It, it is. If you're in a situation where you're, you have to bump that 11 and 14 every single day just to make a living, go find something better to do. You're not getting paid enough. Because I'll tell you this, if you're willing to bump that 11 and 14 and run that 70 out every single week, you got a work ethic. You know, it'd be one thing if you're like sitting in the truck stop whining about your pay and, you know, and you're and you're you're driving 35 hours a week. That's one thing. But I know there's a bunch of guys and girls in this industry that bust their asses. And they're not getting paid what they should, but the only reason they're not getting paid what they should is because they don't know what they should. You got to know more. You got to learn more. You got to understand the big picture. You got to be able to understand the revenue. You got to understand the expenses. You got to be plugged in to what your truck is doing, and then you get a a, a percentage of it. That's how it works. You want to make more money? Do it. Send me an email, anamericantruckdriver at gmail.com. You can find me on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter, ChrisPolk76. I have a Patreon page, patreon.com slash anamericantruckdriver. And that'll be all until we see you next time.